Hi, I'm David Kelly. I'm the president and CEO of Chicana Copper. Chicana Copper is a junior explorer focused on the Soledad project in Peru. We announced our initial resource on our discovery there in January. It's high-grade copper, gold, silver, starting at surface, uh, hosted in tourmaline breccia pipes. It's in an active mining district within the Ancash province of Peru, which is also home to the Piarina world-class gold mine that Barrick operated for a number of years. And it's also home to the Antamina mine, the largest operating mine in Peru. Uh, so we're excited to tell you about our exploration program this year and where we're headed with this project. Yeah, okay, David, the reason uh, we're talking today, I wanna to talk to you about um, drill program. I think you've just kicked it off and also you announced um, recently the 7 million private placement. I do wanna talk about that. I will point people though to previous interviews that we've done. Uh, you can find those on YouTube or if you're a member of uh, the Crux Investor, um, .com club, you can, you can you can find it there, um, well, along with various articles as well. So um, we're not going to cover f quite a few topics today. We we've talked about Peru doing business in Peru previously. We've we've talked about the projects technically and otherwise previously. We'll put links to those below today. Right, um, let's start with the money first. That's that's always the important thing. So you know, it's seven million private placement. How much of that have you actually closed? Uh, we closed five million right off the bat in the first uh, tranche. We're working on the second one that will be closed soon. Um, so, in, in these uh, very very difficult market conditions, I was really thrilled to see the response to uh, that uh, that financing. Goldfields jumped in right away. Uh, we've had a number of other significant uh, investors come in. A lot of our existing uh, investors participated, and then we were able to bring in a, uh, uh, you know several new investors, which is always exciting for me. Right. Okay. Well, it, it, is it a case of in for a penny, in for a pound, as we say here in, in, in the UK, the sense that the existing investors, they need this to work and they believe this can work. Clearly, they wouldn't have followed their money. But if I look at some of the, the highs of where we're, you know, in the 40s, averaging in the mid 30s, most of the last 12 months, we're down here. We are down at 12, 13 cents. It's really difficult times. So they're getting a good deal, I guess they would look at it. Uh, but for you, that was an expensive raise. Why not just hunker it out? Yeah, it was an expensive raise. Uh, and, and it was painful for me to see that, you know, we're, we're financing at these levels. I mean, it's an exciting time for new investors to come in because they're, you know, essentially getting to invest in a de-risked project that's already demonstrated what its potential economic impact could be with these terminally breccia pipes. Uh, but at the other, uh, you know, on the other hand, uh, going back to our existing shareholders and wanting them to participate, you know, if you're going to get diluted, uh, you're better off diluting yourself. And uh, so we had a number of investors that that chose that path. You know, management, uh, our management team and board put in two hundred and forty three thousand uh, dollars ourselves. Goldfields uh, came in at you know nine hundred thousand uh, again in this financing, so that puts them up to twelve million since the, the start of when they initially invested in the in the project. So I think that goes a long way. You know, I always say that um, you know good projects uh, win and went out in the end, and as long as your project keeps you keep adding value through the drill bit, um, this project is going to work out really well. And I think it's going to reward our investors. You made me smile there because I, I think so, one of our uh, uh, members on CruxInvestor.com put up a, a, a chart of how much management teams had invested into their own projects. You, you put a meaningful uh, chunk of change into this deal yourselves, haven't you? 
Yeah, it was. I it would surprise me too because there's a there's a group that uh, follows uh, insider trading, and uh, you know, two weeks ago we were number one on that list. Yeah, you know, saw that. If you if you if you include Goldfields and, and all of management, we were at 1.1 million invested in this financing. So, and, and you know, you have to look at the at the at the pedigree of the. I mean, for Goldfields to stand up to the plate. Uh, three times the way they have. I mean, they they know we're on to something. They see the potential here. And not only that, you know, this workshop I just mentioned that, you know, we we ranked all these targets at, um, the, you know, we spent three days uh, with Goldfields and they brought five people. And these are these are their best people from their global exploration program. So, you know, to dedicate that kind of time and resource uh, to come in and help us uh, get this right technically, uh, you know, it, it, it just shows you what they think about the potential of this project. Yeah, no, I think that's a point worth making because um, it's, it's it's something that people should look to. Look, um, right. So without wanting to be a, a kind of fanboy on, the, on that front, let's let's get to let's get to the meat of this thing, which is right. You've raised, raised this money for a purpose, and that's drilling. You started the drilling. Um, you took about thirteen new targets, and this is the bit I'm, I'm intrigued by. It's like You've done a whole bunch of drilling um, today. You've had sort of, you know, mixed success, you know, some success, um, some not. Um, you've put out a resource. It's, you say you know a little bit about this. Why are you going after new targets? Why is that the best strategy? Well, it's a great question because, you know, we could move forward with development of what we found so far. You know, we found 6.7 million tons with the copper equivalent grade of 1.88 or, you know, 2.77 um, grams per ton gold equivalent. If you look at the higher grade cutoff of that, there's 3.3 uh, million tons of 2.75% of copper equivalents and very, very high grades, including the massive sulfides that we've drilled. Um, so we could dive in on that right now, but you know, when you look at the, the, the small percentage of targets that we've tested so far, we've only tested 12% of the targets, 155 total targets, and we've tested 18 of those. The scope and, and vision of this project could change dramatically with additional discovery, right? This could be, this could be a tier one uh, discovery. That's why Goldfields is there. So it doesn't make a lot of sense in our, in our view to jump in on a, the development of a small resource when the upside potential is right there and ready to be tested. So we felt that the best, um, you know, the best approach that we could do for our investors is to go out there and get aggressive, be bold, and test some of these step out targets. And so that's what we're doing now. We've, you know, we, we've got enough money to get out there and test uh, 13 new targets uh, with the drilling that we're doing now. That, that drilling kicked off yesterday. Uh, that's all focused on the north side of the project where we're fully permitted. And uh, we're working hard on the permit for the south side. It's well advanced, uh, but our, from a planning standpoint, we plan to move to the south side next year and test the target potential there. And at the end of that exploration, Matt, we'll be in a very good position to know what this project's going to look like. Is it going to be a small undergrade, underground high-grade operation? Is it going to have an open pit, you know, bulk mineable, uh, very large tonnage type of uh, uh a development opportunity, uh, we'll have a much better feel for the direction that this project needs to go. Right, but so, so, so again, so just talk to me about why is it 13, not seven, not 10, why, why 13 with the money that you've got? Because it, it kind of feels to me like you've got to do something 
which allows or gives you the data or, allow, or the information to be able to put something meaningful into market. Because you're going to be asked the question of what's the catalyst moment? What's going to move the share price? You're going to get asked that question. And if you don't deliver to that, we're going to, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to be hard to get out of the, where, this position you find yourself in. So why, why that amount and why, why focus where you're focusing? Well, one of the things we learned from our initial resource was that, uh, you know, there were seven breccia pipes in there. They all had an open pit part of the resource and then underground. And uh, there were three really big pipes, uh, breccia pipes, uh, that hosted, you know, 6 million tons out of the 6.7 was hosted in three of the pipes. So there's three big ones and there were four smaller ones. And there's every opportunity, uh, you know, geologically for those uh, skinnier pipes or smaller pipes to, to, to add bigger tons of depth because we see this increasing size as we go deeper. All of the pipes are open at depth. But we went back to the drawing board and said, okay, what, what do we know about these three big pipes? You know, do they have bigger geophysical signatures? Do they have multiple geophysical signatures? In other words, can we see that same feature in multiple data sets? And we went back and worked really hard to try to refine our targeting criteria. And we came back and said, yeah, absolutely. We can see uh, a, a very, very robust multi-parameter you know, uh, response to these bigger pipes. So let's go out and look for those bigger signatures. And that's where the 13 comes from. We're trying to get better at what we're doing. And, and that you always wanna see that if you're backing an exploration team, with your investment, you always want to see that they are trying to get smarter and better at what they're doing. And they do that. If, at the end of the day, this is a scientific endeavor, right? It's not research. You're not trying to do esoteric type of things. You're trying to do applied research that makes you better at doing what you do. And, and we've done that. You know, we've, we've applied the best geophysical approach. And that was fortuitous for us because we were able to have access uh, you know, to Andrew Foley, the chief geophysicist at, at Goldfields, who is one of the best in the business, as far as I'm concerned. And he's dedicated a lot of his time to designing the geophysics. And then he's done all the modeling that's led to the selection of these 13 targets to be tested. So the reason we have 13 is because we think these are the, the 13 that could bust this project wide open with successful exploration. Right. So, so talk to me again. Is it going to be relatively shallow drilling as per before um, and you know in terms of what's the kind of sequence of events in terms of timing um, about getting information into market right because if it's going to bust the whole thing wide open that's a bit exciting it's a big statement right but how do we see that slow progression o over time with seven million bucks well the uh, I mean the other thing we learned in our in our previous work was that we can get away with a lot fewer meters to test these targets. So we've also tried to optimize how can we test as many targets as we can with as few meters as we can so that we can stretch the the the, the drilling meters over a broader list of targets. And so, you know, most of these targets are going to be tested with one or two drill holes, um, optimized to get below oxidation where the sulfide should be and hit the heart of the of the shallower extent of the of the anomaly. We know that these this mineral system is vertically extensive, right? It goes at depth. So there's no real reason for us to drill deep holes. We just need to get onto the top part of the system and then we know that it's open at depth and it's going to continue. So our focus is is is, is shallow testing, uh, maximize the number of targets, 
Uh, and then and then we'll be in a position, let's go out and test these 13 initial targets, step back, see what we've got, and then we'll know, you know, where we need additional drilling. Um, we're not going to do any inferred resource drilling at this point. Um, but, you know, we will have additional meters we can deploy. And it's a question, do we deploy those on new uh, additional targets beyond the 13? Do we go back to the successful hits in the in the original 13? And we're also keeping our eye on this south area and, and how that permit is prog progressing. And, you know, we want to get down there as soon as we can as well. So we have a number of really exciting targets on the south side, including, you know, a very, very large intrusive hosted uh, bulk mineable type of, uh, we call it the mega gold anomaly. Merlin and I talked about that before. Um, you know, we want to, we want to be down there testing that as soon as possible. But right now, focus, let's get out there and test these 13 targets. Let's see what we've got. And that, you know, so what the market will see is they'll see a news release with, you know, one or two or three targets that have been tested, what the results are and while we're still drilling on additional targets. Okay, so bust this thing wide open, big statement. Um, you said we've, we we know from the drilling we've done in the past that we don't need to drill so deep this time, so sa saving meters, saving dollars, um, and therefore testing more, more targets. Um, what are the other things that you've learned to do um, previously will be be applying with this campaign because it's kind of like you don't want to be seen to be doing shortcuts because we're going to have to extrapolate the data that you put into the market to try and work out what it is that you've got because grade is not your problem. Grade is far from being your problem. What you've got to demonstrate is scale to this thing, right? So in terms of that, being able to produce data with which we can extrapolate and get a sense of the scale of this thing. What are you going to, what do you, what are you trying to find? And what are you going to be able to talk to the market about? Well, that, and that, that in, uh, you know, therein lies the, the, the rationale for where we came up with the 13. Um, our, our understanding of the structural controls on where the breccia pipes are located uh, has vastly improved with the geophysics, the, the shape and size and volume of these geophysical anomalies uh, being related uh, where we can, I mean, we have a laboratory, right? We've got seven breccia pipes that have been drilled out. We've got all this data. And a lot of this data is new data. Since we did our original targeting, we now have uh, a ground magnetic, very detailed ground magnetics data set. We have a gradient array IP survey over the entire extent of the terminally breccia pipe field, which is 12 square kilometers. And now we have 35 individual 3D IP grids over every single significant target within that 12 square kilometers. So that's a tremendous amount of data. Uh, and we've been able to put that together, understand the structural setting a lot better. And, and, and you can look, step back and look and say, okay, big pipe, big pipe, big pipe, big geophysical signatures, multiple geophysical signatures. And then you, you look around and you see all these untested areas and, and that's where we're focusing on. So that's, that's again, where we're, we think we're, we're smarter uh, with, with the target selection to begin with. And we do need to scale it up. And, and this is all about scale at this point. As you mentioned, we've got some great grade. Every one of those breccia pipes that we did drill has high grade zones in it. So we know if we just find a mineralized breccia pipe, we will find grade. But the question now is how can we scale this up? And by going for bigger targets and being, I guess, maybe more, uh, 
more aggressive in testing our ideas, you know, that that's where I'm, I'm excited to say that, you know, we could bust this wide open with, with, uh, with this next exploration round. So how, how do you feel about the market at the moment? Because we, we've seen um, commodity prices go on a, on, on a tear up until recently, right? up until yeah. recently, you know, whether, whether it be nickel, copper, um, any of the battery metals, I, I, I guess, you know, copper and silver being the sort of two, two for you. But precious metals maybe has kind of been flatlined a little bit, zinc's down meaningfully, you know, 20% or so. And then, of course, the equities markets are in turmoil uh, at the moment. So you've, you've got to, you've raised the money in a difficult space and you managed it relatively quickly as well. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, maybe because it felt like a, de- a real deal for everyone involved with it. But how do you operate in an environment like that? Like I say, you know, I've, tr- I've tried to kind of get you explain, like, you've got to drill for headlines in a, in a way. And you've also got to try and drill for, data which we can extrapolate and say or the scale, the thing which is possibly missing from this story so far is there. So what are the conversations that you've had when you had Goldfields up here for three days? We're just looking at, hey, let's just focus on the drilling and let's stick to what we know. Don't worry about the rest. But which I, you know, if you said that, I'd go, okay, fine. But the reality is that you as a CEO got a bigger responsibility, you know, to your shareholders say, well, look, where is this growth going to come from? Can we be 100% reliant on the drilling? And if there's anything in the drilling that we can affect, which could change some of those headlines. So what are those conversations you've been having? Well, the way we tried to set this up, and the reason we did so much drilling before is, you know, we had to demonstrate to the market that these retro pipes are significant, uh, not only from a grade ton standpoint, but also from a mineability standpoint. One of the most frequent questions I get asked is, how are you going to mine these things? And it's interesting. I don't get asked that from the mining engineers. The mining engineers look at it and go, wow, this is beautiful. You know, you got multiple vertical breccia pipes uh, very in close proximity to, together. You've got a hillside so we can drive tunnels instead of expensive deep shafts, uh, that type of thing. This looks like a dream. I, I had one, one mining engineer, engineer call this. He said, this is going to be, you know, a very easy mine to operate with very few people because sub-level mining is, 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 uh, you know, you can get very high production. You can have multiple pipes in, the, in, in production at the same time. And, uh, and, and you can do that with, with not very many people, you know, it's, it's a very efficient type of mining. So, but I get asked that question a lot from geologists, you know, they look at this and go, well, I don't know too many multiple breccia pipe mines out there. Well, Divic is one, you know, the Kimberlite pipes are often mined in the very exact same way that we're talking about here, multiple pipes in the district. They take the tops of the pipes out with those uh, small starter pits. They go underground, they integrate their underground infrastructure in their haulage and ventilation uh, between the pipes uh, very efficiently. So it wouldn't be much different uh, than that. But um, you know, for us, we, we tried to set this up. So let's go out and learn as much as we can about the first round of, of pipes we've discovered. We've drilled them out. We've got an inferred resource. We have mining engineers that tell us those can be mined as long as all the economics work out. Uh, so let's start doing the math. Okay, well, how many breccia pipes do we have? We have seven breccia pipes. There's roughly 7 million tons. Um, so you can think of it just in simplistic terms. If you have if you have 20 breccia pipes, that might be 20 million tons. Well, they're open in depth. What if we can double that? That's 40 million tons. 
What if there's 50 pipes? What if there's 100 pipes? What if the pipes coalesce at depth? What if they come together in this concept of mega breaches, right? These things are coming off of, a, of an immense energy source at depth, right? There's a very, very large intrusion. And these, these breccia pipes are erupting off of the top of that intrusion. So as you go deeper, you're getting closer to that energy source. The closer you get to the energy source, the more damage that intrusion could do. And damage, I mean explosive brecciation, fluids permeating into those very permeable open breccias and mineralizing those, uh, those breccias. And we've already seen that. We've seen small breccia pipes that surface coalesce into much larger breccia pipes. What if the breccia pipes themselves coalesce into what we call mega breccias? So th those are some of the exciting targeting concepts that we're applying now. We hope that the market will be able to say, okay, if we've got two drill holes and a new breccia pipe discovery, maybe that's another breccia one. Maybe that's another two and a half million tons. Another hit over here, another hit over here. Suddenly, the market should be able to start doing the math. Okay, this thing could scale up. We could get 15, 20 million tons out of the next resource estimate. And it's still open at depth. So is that another five or 10 or 15 or 20 million tons added to that? So, you know, that's, that's what we've tried to do in setting up this idea of lots of information early on, uh, building our confidence, getting better at what we're doing, and then coming back and, and really unleashing the exploration and testing a lot of different targets at, at, in a short period of time. Well, David, look, I appreciate you kind of um, picking up the phone and uh, talking to us today. Um, always intriguing people get money, what they're going to do with it, because uh, you've got to create value. You've got to, you know, yep. develop that growth story and uh, get, get people to understand what it is that you're doing and how you're doing it. So um, get up with that. Stay in touch when, uh, when you get some of these assays back or you get some of these results back. Let us know how you're getting on, okay? You bet. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure.